You're tuning in to the Raised by Rentals program. This podcast will contain strong language and spoilers for decades-old media properties. Welcome, everybody. This is the podcast where we examine pop culture franchises of the VHS era and improv news stories right off the cuff because we're hanging tough to imagine how we might improve our favorite movies, TV, and games. I'm Josh. I'm Mike. And we were raised by rentals. Mike, guess who's back? Back <laughs> again. Raised by rentals is back. <laughs> Tell a friend. Guess who's no, back? No, really, we need more guess listeners. Who's guess who's back? I know, right? Tell everybody. Don't just tell a friend. Tell all your friends. Tell every one of your friends. But don't tell, tell my friends. Co- tell your coworkers. <laughs> tell your family. Tell everybody. Yeah. But don't tell my coworkers because I don't want to be out of that work. <laughs> <laughs> They'll be like, nerd. <laughs> exactly. What is this crap you do on the weekends? Like, oh, I don't know. Shut up, man. <laughs> Well, it's funny because I have kind of a professional job. Like I work for a, a telecom company. You know, I'm like a project manager. I'm actually the executive project manager, um, which is a very fancy title. Uh, basically, just means that all the, all the executives get to tell me what to do and assign me projects and shit. Um, but it's kind of a laid back company. Like I just went to lunch with some guys uh, on Friday and our, our CFO lives here locally uh, in Austin. So he came out to lunch too. And like, it was like a fancy restaurant. Like we, we probably should have been dressed nicer than we were. Right. <laughs> but my CFO, I mean, he's a real chill, like laid back dude. And he shows up in like shorts and like Birkenstocks and it's like, whatever, man, like we're just, you know, we're hanging out. It's the weekend. Who cares? Nice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, so this is our 37th episode because I am not going to bother now in 2023 with trying to separate like our improv improve episodes and like our rental rants and our super gushers or whatever the hell. So everything all told our main episodes and our off week specials all together. This is episode 37, the second episode of our second season, the first of 2023. And we are going to get into eventually talking about uh, <laughs> the uh, 1980s arcade classic centipede. Indeed. So uh, the old quarter munchers, <laughs> right? Exactly. We, we talked a lot in our last episode, our Ash Saves Christmas episode. Anyone who stuck around after the fake ending, um, you know, which didn't fake out anybody. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> and then we talked a long time about, you know, the statistics for the episodes uh, so far, the show uh, up to that point and how many episodes we did and all the genres and the episode types and the topics. And, you know, it was really like navel gazing bullshit, but <laughs> it was interesting to to me and you, I hope. <laughs> um, oh, absolutely. Uh, and we definitely, I think we went into it thinking that we were doing too much horror and maybe too many like horror movie sequels or maybe to me too many isn't the right uh, descriptor, but like we've done a lot of them like in, you know, sort of an imbalance uh, since this isn't, isn't technically supposed to be like a horror movie show, like the boogeyman's closet. Yeah, um, exactly. <laughs> 
And uh, and so anyway, we thought, hey, let's let's try something different. We don't have to do a horror movie like remake or sequel or whatever. And let's tr- and so we decided, hey, first episode of the year, right after we did a horror movie sequel in our last episode, <laughs> that it's like, fuck it, we gotta do something like totally on the opposite end of the spectrum. So we're gonna talk about you know yeah, an arcade console eight bit video game from the early eighties and see if we can figure out some way to adapt it to another medium a movie tv you know whatever uh well, so well, you left you left out one crucial point it's it's an arcade video game that has no story <laughs> wait there's no story <laughs> shit there's there's no story but okay red alert, red alert. <laughs> i had to even look up what the little blips and bloops and flashing lights on the screen were even called exactly. you know <laughs> it's like you look at games like this from the 80s, uh, like Galaga and like Asteroid, Missile Command, and it's just a bunch of like swirly, blipping, beeping things on the screen to the point where they can be really confusing if you don't know what you're doing, right? Oh, absolutely. Um, and I think a lot of these games at the time were like designed and Centipede definitely was designed to be like an easy, adoptable game that anybody could just walk up to and play. But Jesus, like the bar was so low at the time <laughs> 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 that even when I was a kid, like playing games a little bit later in the 80s, we had an in television at my house originally. Nice. Um, and we had like, again, I don't, I don't, you know, hold me to it, but probably Gallagher or some version of that. And even at that stage, a few years later, I'm like, I don't know, man. I've seen Super Mario, and like, this isn't this isn't all that great, <laughs> <laughs> right? This, this shit ain't it. <laughs> exactly. I was like, 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 am I shooting something? Is that what's happening? I, I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. Uh, especially something like Missile Command. Like to this day, I have no idea what is happening in Missile Command. I don't yeah. know what you're supposed to even do. <laughs> <laughs> Just lines are coming from the sky, and you're like, I don't know what to do. Exactly. Oh, so I think in my brain, I had kind of lumped all these Space Invaders inspired games kind of all together, right? Because I, I know Space Invaders. I like Space Invaders. I love it here at the local uh, bowling alley slash hatchet throwing venue slash bar that they have like a Space Invaders. That's like a it's a whole it's like a wall, right? It's like a like a movie uh, theater screen size. And I like to, to get drunk with my wife and <laughs> go play Space Invaders. Um, nice but like it kind of needs to be that big for you to even kind of understand um Mm -hmm. but i think i had lumped all these games together in my head and you and i way way back in the early days of planning for this show we had talked about well what about video games like what if we did something with like you know classic games like pac-man or super mario or whatever and you know we had somewhere on our list and i don't have it in front of me but we have like ideas of like oh yeah maybe we can do some kind of like combination of like you know galaga and centipede and space invaders and all this and make some kind of like story out of it and i had just in my head kind of said yeah that sounds perfect because they're all the same fucking thing anyway right so (laughs) sure (laughs) pretty much (laughs) so i go and I'm like, let me look up some facts about Centipede recently so I can get an idea of what, like what some facts and figures we can share with the audience out there for the people listening here. We're like, yeah, yeah, get to it. Like chop, chop, get to the good stuff. Um, 
And so I was like, yeah, okay, it came out in 1982, right? I think most people are probably familiar either with the arcade console or with the Atari 2600 version. Um, I'm not sure when I would have played it, probably probably at the Aladdin's Castle arcade uh, right. in Niagara Falls, right? Like most folks uh, of our age or of a certain age did at the arcade. Um, but I will say right now that I was really confused when I was looking at this recently, like yesterday and today, especially because I realized that I actually have a centipede comic book that I got out of some random like mystery grab bag. Interesting. Uh, I bought this like $5 mystery bag at the half price books uh, one day, just on a whim thinking like, ah, what the heck? We'll see what's in there. And I lucked out and I got a couple of Wildstorm books and, you know, anyone who's listened to the show or knows me in real life knows I'm obsessed with the, the Wildstorm comics, especially one from the nineties. So I was pretty excited to get some issues of the establishment from the early two thousands, which I ha- have actually never read yet. Um, anyway, so there was an issue of centipede and some other random stuff in this bag. And I did not realize that, you know, centipede had, come out uh, as a comic book and uh of course now i'm blanking like wait who put that out was that dark horse no it was dynamite dynamite put out this uh this they were doing this whole series of adaptations in like the mid 2010s right so this was like 2017 the internet tells tells me so i had the third issue just one random issue of the series I read it yesterday thinking like, oh, this would be a good place for me to start. Like, I don't want to steal any ideas out of this. It's the third issue. I probably won't even understand what's going on. I'll just check it out. Right. Just for something to talk about. And I'm reading the issue and it's like this sort of post-apocalyptic story about this giant alien that has invaded earth. And there's at least in the issue that I read, there was this one lone guy who was living somewhere where he was kind of safe from it, yet he was taking like pot shots at it almost out of boredom, you know, like I'm going to shoot the giant like space monster just for the hell of it. (laughs) (laughs) So it was kind of an interesting idea, but all I could think was like, why is this set on earth? Like this is, that's a strange idea. Like the centipede is like this giant monster that comes to earth. I'm like, "Mm, that's interesting. (laughs) And then I'm looking up more about the game and I'm like, wait, these are mushrooms. There's mushrooms in the game. And wait, Mm -hmm. that's a, there's a spider and like a flea. And I'm like, wait a second. Is this about an actual centipede and like a garden like on earth? Is that what this game is? Cause I thought the centipede was some kind of like intergalactic monster, like those flying creatures from like the Chitauri from like the Avengers, you know? (laughs) Right. So I'm like, crap now i'm super confused because i thought we were going to do like this some kind of like survival space you know action story and i'm like is this is this like a david the gnome story are we gonna do like a weird garden adventure (laughs) like (laughs) (laughs) i didn't even know there was a comic book um so i definitely didn't go in that direction with my idea (laughs) because yeah i had no clue that there was there was a comic book about this so. Yeah, yeah, it was so weird. And I, I figured I would look up and see if there was any other like adaptations, like has there already been a movie or a TV show or something like that? And I haven't I didn't see anything. I mean, there's been some sequels and it's like some remakes and they've ported it to other consoles. Um, I guess the characters showed up in that movie Pixels. I never saw Pixels, so I don't know. But, you know, it makes sense. There was a bunch of classic video game characters in that movie. Um, but I just figured, like, cool, like, it's some kind of giant space monster. And we'll do, like, a like a Starship Troopers kind of a story, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and now I'm like, wait a second, it's about an actual centipede <laughs> and, like, some kind of a bug with a gun who fights giant spiders and, like, fleas and, like, there's mushrooms. <laughs> and I'm like, 
it's like is, is it honey i shrunk the kids or is it starship troopers like what are we doing now i'm confused <laughs> Oh shit! Yeah, no, I definitely went more sci-fi with my with my pitch idea. Um, but it, it's funny because like I always assumed as as a kid playing that game, I always assumed it was an alien invasion. Um, probably just because there were so many other games of that era that were alien invasions, or you know, you were out in space fighting off an alien army. You know, like, again, Galaga, freaking Space Invaders, uh, Missile Command, you know, Asteroids, like all of it had that feel of like some kind of sci-fi invasion. So that's where I always thought of, like, I always thought it was like some kind of space alien. Um, So, yeah, the, it's kind of crazy to think that there's a comic book that exists where there's <laughs> it's, like, it's similar to that, but there's also a David the Gnome type of thing. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't want to like misrepresent it. It's like a regular dude who's like living in the outskirts of this like destroyed city and he like shoots like giant spiders for fun. Like it's like a, you know, like the centipede is gigantic. So the spiders are gigantic. And I'm sure other characters from the game show up at some point. They weren't in the issue that I read. Um, But I was just kind of it made sense to me that it was like a sci-fi story, but at the same time I was like, why would they place it on earth? Like, isn't this in space, like space invaders or like Galaga or something? Like, isn't, isn't the main little guy you control like a spaceship, like shooting at like a giant, like space creature of some kind. So I was just super confused when I'm like, wait, those are mushrooms. (laughs) Like, (laughs) I I didn't realize this took place in like a garden. And some of the original uh, Atari art, um, they do depict like a weird elf dude with like a gun and a cape, like in a mushroom garden with like <laughs> cartoon centipedes and spiders coming at him. So, I mean, <laughs> that that is a thing. But then you also have ones where it looks like it's on an alien planet and there's like a dude on like standing on a mushroom fighting like a dragon centipede. So the, the artwork is very misleading because, again, the game has no storyline. How have I gone all these decades and I didn't know what <laughs> centipede was about? You know, right? <laughs> it's so weird. Um, but yeah, I mean, like I said, when we we talked about trying to do do something for this uh, game to adapt it in some way, I just assumed, okay, let's do a, like a movie adaptation because that's kind of our wheelhouse. I don't think there's enough of anything here to justify like a tv show i don't think there there would really be any it would be any fun to try to adapt it into like a different type of a video game or like a reimagining i think it makes the most sense for us to try to figure out is there a story here and what would that look like if it was you know like a pixar movie or something you know Mm. see now i'm coming at it from again like this came out like have this come out in the 80s so like 80 like hard 80 sci-fi okay sure that's that's kind of the direction you know i i I was Mm -hmm. i was looking at it from um because again i feel like back in the 80s we would get adaptions of things that had absolutely fucking nothing to do with the the property (laughs) that's true yeah (laughs) so it's like what better era to adapt a video game with no storyline once again i'm gonna keep saying that uh, with no storyline than the 80s, the, the, the era that didn't care because everyone was coked out of their mind and just throwing money at projects. 
exactly. <laughs> but we got a lot of really amazing projects, like some of them based on stuff where you're like, wait, this is based on what? You know? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and sometimes they were cooler than the original thing they were based on. Like I would argue Blade Runner is like a it's a cooler title, it's a cooler story, you know, than uh, do androids dream of electric sheep. Um <laughs> Uh, but yeah, some of, some of the stuff was cooler. Some of it was just freaking bizarre. Like we talked about with like the Masters of the Universe adaptation, where it's like, have have you even like talked to a kid about this? <laughs> do, do you know what a toy is? Like, exactly. Oh man, like. Oh, shit. But uh, okay, so I'm thinking then if this is the '80s. The, and, and it's a video game inspired sci-fi. My brain immediately goes to the last Starfighter, one of my all-time favorite sci-fi uh, movies from the '80s. The last Starfighter is, mm-hmm. an, you know, it's an uh, unappreciated work of genius as far as I'm concerned. Um, and I'm not interested in like copying the concept or anything. I'm just thinking of the aesthetics of it, right? Yeah. Sort of uh, low budget, doing the best they can, shoestring uh, special effects. But of course, those end up being like the best special effects because people get like super creative with how do oh, you depict yeah. like space battles and, you know, holograms and, you know, alien creatures and all these cool things. Um, oh, the creatures yeah. would absolutely be puppeteer work or, or like uh... – you know, some kind of stop motion and like the, the, there would be a lot of matte paintings in this. <laughs> oh the, yeah. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but well, okay. So let's just jump right in here. So, so the, the concept I want to pitch, um, like I said, set in the eighties, I feel like this is the type of movie that we could open with a lot of excitement about Haley's comet. So okay. have like, People freaking out, like, show news stations talking about the comet, like, a, a bunch of, like, a, get a little montage in our opening right right away where we see, like, everyone is excited about the return of Haley's Comet. Now, you and I lived through that. That was a real thing. That was something that there was a lot of excitement about back in 1986. Yep. So we have we have that, right? So the comet passes, you know, and in the wake of the comet, have a meteor shower. And have everyone like, oh, shit, what, you know, what's happening here? And all of yeah. these red spores start showering down over the planet. Um, so now okay. after, like, you know, people start, like, choking out on the gases from the spores and stuff. People have to like, get away from the areas that the spores are touching down to the planet. Everyone's freaking out, like, what the hell happened? You know, you know, what do we do? This is killing people. And then those spores slowly grow into giant mushrooms. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> so, because again, we have the the giant mushrooms in the game. Yeah. Now, like again, these areas are like cordoned off. You know, humans are trying to figure out what the fuck to do, and while they're trying to like study and investigate and look around, they start to notice that there are giant egg sacs like pulsating underneath, like on on the underside of the mushroom caps, right? Mm-hmm. So they send in a group of scientists, like in you know hazmat suits, to kind of try to like study the mushrooms those egg sacs start to explode, releasing weird alien spider creatures and have those nice. like, think, think the mist, the weird, like spider. Yeah. Creatures, yeah. But, but big, like, you know, the size of a car, like just taking people and running them off into the spore, like the spore clouds and just like eating them, you know? So mankind has to come up with a, with a way to fight back. So now of course we're going to, we're going to do the eighties thing. We're going to have the crack team put together 
with like you know the scientist <laughs> and the medic and the, and the the, <laughs> the 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 you know like the pessimistic soldier with a thousand yard stare. And, <laughs> yes. So we're gonna have some kind of sci-fi vehicle. Like picture. Um, I don't know if you remember these toys. There was a, a cheap ass toy line that was everywhere. It was called Laser Force. And it was like compatible with all of your three and three fourth inch, you know, figures. But it was like a weird sci-fi vehicle with like a cannon on it. And you could just stick like G.I. Joe's or Star Wars or whatever figures that would fit in there. I'm picturing like a big silver, like, you know, Land Rover with a cannon on it. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. Oh, I just Googled it, dude. I totally had that freaking Land Cruiser thing. Yeah, right? <laughs> I remember. Yeah, you're right. I would. It was like. Not quite the right size for like all the other toys, but you could like shove some Joes in there. Yeah, it was. Oh, man, I forgot all about that. It's weird. That's a weird I, memory. Like, <laughs> it's like memory unlocked. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, geez, where'd that come from? <laughs> it was like I, I, I randomly saw uh, a preview for Mask. You know the the acronym, and I'm and I'm like I I've known about Mask. I used to have all the Mask toys, but I haven't thought about it in so long. But then like. Uh, I was watching some YouTube video and they mentioned it and they, they did a quick clip to like the intro of the cartoon show. And like suddenly the song was in my head and I'm like, how do yep. I know this? You know? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I've had that happen with so many 80s cartoons where I'm like, shit, there's so much I've forgotten about high school. But I remember this cartoon theme song. Like, exactly. I had the, uh, the fucking Gummy Bears theme song in my head the other day for no reason. Like, oh, dude, I know, I know every word of that song. <laughs> right? Oh, my oh God. Man. Okay, but, so yeah. this is so this is perfect. I, I think this is a great idea, right? Just real quick, I want to throw out since I googled like laser force, and then of course Google comes up with like, did you mean laser tag? And I'm like, oh yeah, dude, we to- you totally have to like have them have actual like laser tag pistols and like, oh, of course. Uh, but like they'll be like painted silver, <laughs> like like oh mm-hmm. you know it's a totally high tech weapon. <laughs> of course, they gotta have like weird high tech lasers. So they go in and they you know the spiders start like swarming this like sci fi vehicle. And they're able, like, the spiders can't breach the hull, so they're able to, like, you know, kill the spiders, they're shooting them off, and then they start, like, burning down some of the mushrooms, trying to, like, clear it. And that's when we see something big in the distance, and we see the centipede. We see the giant creature that is in the mushroom forest, like, come up and just start, like, rushing at the tank and, like, fucking, like, flip it or, you know, it basically, it fucks them up. Yeah, Okay. But even worse, like maybe they get a shot off and blow the thing in half and it grows into two like it does in the video game. Oh, yeah. So they're like, how the fuck do we kill this thing? So this is what that's kind of where I was like, okay, now we have to spitball what they would do. (laughs) Oh, okay, okay. Light bulb's going off. Okay, right. So I let's save that as like a twist, right? Yeah. Like, okay, I want I definitely want to back up. Like, this is perfect. You did the perfect like setup. Now I want to now I'm getting like excited. I want to back up and kind of (laughs) kind of like plug things in. If if anyone listening couldn't tell we were kind of like spinning wheels for a little while. Like, are we going to do this? Like, are we going to do a centipede story? Or can can we just like talk about it for like an hour and then be like, well, okay, guys, thanks for coming. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Um, But no, no, but now I'm getting excited. So uh let's save that as like a twist where like yes there is this giant like monster but like let's do it like jaws where like at first it's just this huge thing they don't know what it is like eventually they figure out okay it's like some kind of long you know insectoid creature they can't quite figure out how big it is or like where one end of it is you know and then eventually yeah we have it like reveal itself and they have this conflict they shoot the crap out of it, it it runs away and then it's continuing to kind 
kind of like they're hunting each other. Like they're trying to find it all, all the while the centipede is sort of hunting them back. And then we'll eventually do some, we'll do the scene where like they blow the crap out of it. And they're like, woohoo. Yeah, we won time to go home and like smoke a cigar. And then, mm-hmm. Oh shit, here comes another one, like right behind them. And they're like, Holy crap, there's two, you know? <laughs> um, right. Oh, I would love to have, I would just love to see that. Like one of them just comes from behind and just eats one of the party. Just like, like that shark ate Samuel L. Jackson and like deep blue sea. Just <laughs> <laughs> yes right and they're like oh crap there's two of them and then that's when they figure out they shoot that one and then they watch it like split and they're like oh crap we did that oops <laughs> right so now they have to figure out how do we take it down when it keeps just every segment grows a yeah. new creature yeah okay so as soon as you started talking about like spores and like giant mushrooms and there's these like spider creatures my brain went to uh, a much much newer uh property which was annihilation right which is the movie from 2018 uh, with natalie portman in it but also that's based on the jeff vandermeer novel from mm-hmm. a, few, a few years prior so i read the novel and i saw the movie have you, have you seen the movie or, or read that book no i haven't it's it's one of those movies that's been on my list forever i just haven't gotten around to it I definitely think it's worth it. I'm, I'm sure there's people out there who are listening to this who are going to be like, yeah, whatever the book sucks, the movie's terrible. Like I, I mentioned it once before on the show because I think it's a great idea for how to adapt a book because the movie took the same concept from the book and then just did its own thing. Like it told its own story and it has like the major milestones, but having read the entire trilogy of books, I had kind of put off seeing the movie because I'm like, well, I just read the book. Like, am I going to watch the movie and just have the same story again? Like, whatever, I'll get to it eventually. And then when I did eventually watch it, I loved it because, again, it was – I didn't know where it was going. It was like I was just waiting for the next twist, the next surprise, and I, I really liked the way that they did that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so as opposed to just, like, filming the book, you know. Um, yeah. But anyway, but the reason I mentioned it is because it, it's no spoiler that the premise of both the book and the movie is that there is this strange occurrence, and I never really get to the bottom of it. But something happens uh, where there is this area of land along the shore. In the in the movie, they call it the Shimmer. In the book, they call it Area X, where there's this – it's just weird shit is happening to, like, nature. Like, there's weird plants growing and strange animal mutations, and, like, time seems to run, like, weird, you know, like, slower, faster, whatever. It's like something is strange is happening in this little, like, pocket, um, almost as if, you know, somebody has, like – cordoned off this area of the earth and like is transforming it through some sort of alien power but again it's not really explained um so that's just me kind of you know supposing well let's we can i think we could do something kind of cool like that where mm-hmm. not that it's not that it's this weird like place where like time runs weird but that there's this these spores are coming down in not the entire earth but like in a in a, a part like uh, all along like say the you know the eastern seaboard or all along the california coast or whatever like and so there's this huge almost like this stripe of like nothing there is natural anymore you know these giant mushrooms have sort of they've taken over the trees and killed the local animals and like nobody can get near it all the locals are dead and so yeah now you have this like you know the the military tries to go there and like they either just get swarmed by like giant spiders that bullets can't stop or like you know like jumanji plants just jump out of the ground (laughs) and like you know grab their tanks and pull them on you know so Mm -hmm. it's like they have to send this 
like crack team of like specialists that are like scientists and warriors at the same time. Like they're the only people who can like save the day, you know, cause they're the mega force. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, cause we, it just, we have, and being a little bit realistic in a, in a silly sci-fi story, but like you have to kind of find a way to like eliminate the most obvious thing. Like why wouldn't they just drop a nuke on it? Well, we're going to kind of prove that like none of that shit works, right? That we, mm-hmm. Somebody, somebody kind of needs to get inside and figure out why this is happening. Is there a source? Like where, where is the heart of Tefiti? You know, like what do we right. do to, to get to the, to the source of whatever the problem is? And so they, they're, they're going to infiltrate it with a small group armed with like crazy laser guns and shit. <laughs> Maybe the, the whole point is they're going to drive into like the heart of the plant, like swarm, you know, the, the <laughs> mushroom swarm. And and set up some kind of nuclear defense. They're gonna fucking Armageddon it. They're gonna get in okay, there yeah. and like and set up some kind of bomb or some kind of device that is just gonna like flash fry the mushroom forest and everything in it. Like all the all the humanity and natural like earth resources in that area are already dead. And now we have this like alien spore forest like growing out of control like it's slowly encroaching like it maybe that's the thing maybe like it starts off as a stripe like you said like in the wake of the comet you know mm-hmm. we get the, the what we think is a meteor shower but it's actually these spores coming down um so it's in the 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 it follows the path of the comet and it like created this stripe like across the world maybe mm-hmm. um and like everywhere this thing it's just growing and growing and growing like and it's moving slowly but it's like it's slowly taking over more and more land so it's like and everything they tried to do maybe they like they they tried to fire like you know uh ground to ground missiles at it like but it it just wasn't penetrating through the spore cloud and they realized like they have to get in there to actually destroy whatever is causing it to grow and maybe the centipede is like tending the garden as it were like it's the creature Mm -hmm. that is like you know, maybe it's like shaking like weird spores off of its body and like causing more to grow. Yeah, that would make sense. Um, okay, and here's a cool like weird sci-fi thing that would just be a fun like addition to like sort of prove kind of how badass and dangerous this is. And of course, it's silly, right? But yeah. like, what if? Yeah, because there's this like stripe, let's say, all along like the Pacific coast, right? Where and so there's other governments like the Mexican government or whatever who have like gotten involved and somebody at some point was just like, you know, like, fuck it. We're just going to drop a nuke on it. Like in like, you know, Panama or wherever. Right. Mm-hmm. Not, not picking on it, not picking on anybody, but you know, somebody's government was just like, screw this, you know? And, and so, yeah, what if they did and it didn't do anything right. Or, or like it didn't really work or, yeah. Like the the bomb exploded, but then like all the the mushrooms and all the you know plant life, whatever, it all just kind of grew back. And then what we find out is we have some like super serious like you know government scientist who's like it eats radiation. <laughs> <laughs> nice. You know, so it's like they can't even like nuke it. But what they notice, and of course you have to have this like you know stupid like exposition scene where you get like Jeff Goldblum or somebody you know to to like <laughs> right. you know to show you on a map, and they're like, look at this, and they see that literally it's like it's growing, but it's not growing like a plant would grow or like uh, contamination would spread. It's growing, and they're like, it looks like it's alive like it's turning and twisting and moving like there's something alive and that's when they get the idea well if we can't nuke it from the outside find its brain like what something is think something is thinking let's find that and nuke that 
Yeah, no, I like that. So, yeah, so what, what if when they try to, like, I, I'm picturing this scene in my head where they try to nuke it and we see, like, the nuke dropping on, like, the the the, the spore forest, right? And I'm, I keep picturing, like, this cloud of, like, red gas all around the, mm-hmm. the mushrooms, like, kind of almost like, like a fog of red gas all around the mushrooms. Nice. What if when the nuke gets close to the gas, it explodes. So it explodes before it even hits anything. Like that's almost like a defense mechanism of this, this Mm -hmm. alien thing. So we see the nuke like blow up and not only like does, does the creatures and the mushrooms and all that inside absorb the radiation, but the fallout kind of like waves off of the, the red spore clouds into actual human space so it's like basically not only did they just make it stronger but they just (laughs) fucked a bunch of like viable land around it Mm -hmm. yeah that makes perfect sense so just like like real mushrooms um there are mushrooms where you know if you poke them or pop them or hit them and they do they kind of pop in these like puffs right i had that uh really gross they call it like dog vomit which is like a fungus that uh grows at least here it grows like in gardens um or or anywhere there's like wet mulchy soil and so we had dog vomit fungus in our garden and i had no idea what it was when we first encountered it and i was like oh this is gross like legitimately like did an animal throw up here and like griffin got a stick and was just like what is it is it wet and we, we poked it and it like puffed you know and it was like yeah. up and and it was almost as if there was like a like an air current coming out of it like it was surprising how much it how much pressure was inside of it to just pop and then of course the rest of the garden got covered in it after that so we we're like fuck we, we screwed up <laughs> <laughs> oh we fucked up <laughs> yeah. oh we fucked up yeah exactly <laughs> okay no, so this is perfect so i think we have the perfect setup for like you know weird stripe of like alien you know fauna or flora rather is just like a scar down like the Western hemisphere. And mm-hmm. so now you have this like multinational, but of course mostly American because it's a, you know, it's a movie from the eighties, but you know? yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> what I mean, there's like one Mexican guy and he's going to get eaten, you know, like, yeah. that's, that's, <laughs> that's it. I'm sorry guys. It was the eighties. I, I don't make the rules, you know, <laughs> <laughs> that's how it was. <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah. You have this group of like these stereotypes, you know, exactly. Like you get like the, the grizzled war, Bet and like uh you know the token lady yep. <laughs> she would she would be like the brains of the operation or or the medic one of the two <laughs> yeah well and actually that brings me back to like one idea that i had in my notes and i didn't really have any idea in terms of a story but just in terms of like let's do something fun is yeah it's the 80s but you know the actual game centipede i learned just today and i didn't know this was primarily programmed by a woman and one of the few uh popular Atari games uh, at the time to be uh, programmed by a woman, Donna Bailey. And so I thought it'd be fun, like as an homage, let's have a woman character named Donna who maybe she's not the leader of the team because again, it's the eighties, but let, let's let her like survive and be the smart. Oh one, yeah. Right? Let's let her be the tech whiz. Or like you said, the, the you know, the medic who's going to save everybody else or something like let's give, let her have some agency, even if she is a side character because it's the eighties. <laughs> right. <laughs> <You know? laughs> no, I, I think, yeah, we, we, she, maybe she could be the scientist that figures out like, um, you know, maybe she she's the one that like figures out how to take down the spores. Okay, so like yeah. they get in there and have her like studying it and realize like 
you know, I don't know. I don't know what kind of magic we want to use here to take down the spores. <laughs> Originally, I was just thinking we burn them down. But if they're absorbing radiation and stuff, we'd have to figure out something else. Um, yeah, maybe, maybe we do something like uh, like just acid, acid, right? Why not? Use yeah. acid. It, it'll look cool, and they can we can invent these cool game these guns that are like GI Joe weapons that have like there's like tanks of like sulfuric acid Dude, on their backs, like right? the fucking Ghostbusters slime shooters from Ghostbusters Two. Yeah, perfect. Exactly, it's that, but you know, full of acid, right? Exactly. So, <laughs> yes. so they're gonna like melt these things, right? And of course, the first time they do it, they have to be like, yeah, it worked. And then like one random character like isn't careful, and like this melted mushroom, like you know, like he it it runs around his feet where he's standing, and just like he he just gets like sucked down into it and melted along with the mushroom. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so they're like, okay, note to self, like don't stand in the path, you know. Um, <laughs> Plus, it would be freaky because, like, they would have to get out of the vehicle in their, like, hazmat suits with their little, like, handheld, like, you know, backpack acid throwers. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we'd have, like, this this team, like, the B team that would crawl out of, like, the laser force tank <laughs> yeah, and, like, just start, like, hosing down. And we could have, like, you know, uh, what, what, what did you say her name was? Um, was it Donna? Donna. Donna, 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 Donna Bailey, so, yeah. So Donna is is maybe she's like like total alien scene, right? She's watching mm-hmm. the monitor, and she's like, okay, we're looking good, guys. And then have like she sees the blips coming toward them, like so, yeah. like they're coming towards you. You got to get out of there. And have yeah. like the spider swarm come. Oh down. God, yeah. Oh God. Oh, that, <laughs> and then of course right right after that too, like uh, we have like we do we pull like a like an A meal from Robocop, the guy who's like half melted who like jumps on like yes, the, the yes. hood of the vehicle who's like, Help me <laughs> Oh my god, that dude used to scare me so bad when I was a kid. Hell yeah, dude. That's one of the creepiest scenes <laughs> in the whole decade. Holy crap. It really uh, is. <laughs> okay, so this is so okay, so since we're we're like naming characters and we're kind of building this up, I, I just have some, you know, some uh, browser windows open where I was Googling stuff and I, I I wanted to check Donna's name, make sure I had that right. And I'm okay. So we have Donna. Let's have her be like, she's the smart one who figures everything out. But because she's a woman in an 80s movie, it's like no one wants to listen to her. Like even the audience is like, dude, shut up and listen to her. And like, of right. course, all these all these tough guys are like, lock and load. But like, no, <laughs> stop. <laughs> she's, our Ellen, she's our Ellen Ripley of aliens where yeah. no one wants to listen to her. They're like, we're space Marines, bitch. Like, yeah. you know, they're not paying attention. And she's like, Telling them how to stop it. <laughs> exactly. Um, so I'm looking at the uh, the Wikipedia entry for Atari, and I'm like, okay, so Atari was founded by Nolan Bushnell and Ted Dabney, and those are cool names. So we gotta have. Mm-hmm. I-, I like Nolan for like our grizzled like war vet, right? He's the he's mm-hmm. the cable to our X Force here, right? And yes. then we gotta have we'll call Dabney. Dabney will be like the he's the he's the super cocky like weapons master guy who like ain't gonna listen to no you know no skirt, you know, and like no, <laughs> yep. you know what I mean? Like and he's like the super racist misogynist dude, but he also he's like a you know weapons expert crack shot guy so it's like he's gonna survive for a while because he because he can but eventually you know dabney will uh he'll get his <laughs> i was gonna say uh oh god was his name hudson in uh in aliens um oh, that sounds about right yeah hold on let me let, yes name. hudson yeah. <laughs> i was like forget uh forget bill uh bill paxton i was like yeah yeah that's it because yeah he he kind of started off like that like when they're they're going over the the mission he's like it's a bug hunt and then they like explain the thing he's like right bug hunt you know and he's doing the whole thing where he doesn't like bishop and he's he's fucking yep. with everybody so yeah he's he's our hudson of the movie where he's a total dick and then we get maybe we get that redeeming moment at the end where 
you know, he listens before he gets killed. Yeah. Yeah. He he does the right thing. He finally does something right, you know, or like he sacri- he sacrifices himself by blowing something else up with him inside it, you know, like uh, yeah. like uh, like I, I can't forget the character's name, like in the Dawn of the Dead remake when the, the head security guard guy who starts off like an asshole. But by the end of the movie, yep. he's like sacrifices himself to save everybody, you know. Um, oh, dude. Oh, oh, I got his death scene. OK, hold on. So so I know I'm jumping around, but when we explode the, the centipede and like and it grows into like multiple pieces and they're like trying to get back to the to the, the, the little laser force tank. Um, maybe like one of them gets a hold, like one of the segments gets a hold of, of, of Dabney and he's like, he's starting to like get chewed on and he looks back at his teammates and it's like run and pulls the pin on a grenade and explodes his entire pack. So oh, it's just nice. like a fucking acid shower and it melts. Wow. In the centipede. Yeah. Yeah, dude, that'd be amazing. Okay, yeah, okay, that's that that'd be an awesome way to take to, for like a big takedown. Okay, this yeah. is yeah, this is great. Yeah, so uh, we don't have I don't know that we necessarily have to like you know name the whole group. Like you said, we're gonna have like our B team of just like dudes that have like you know acid packs and they're in like the 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 secondary vehicle that of course eventually is just gonna get eaten by a centipede. You know, but oh, of course <laughs> it has to be. But then our main team, you know, we've got Nolan, you know, who's like our grizzled war vet. We've got Dabney, who's like our, you know, cocky weapons expert. We got, you know, Donna. She's like the the, the science uh, uh, officer, like voice of reason. You know, there's I'm I, I, there's other uh, other people. I'm sure, you know, like you said, we got to have like the I'm I'm sorry, people out there. We got to have like you know the token like guy from the who the Mexican government sends who's gonna get right. killed in the first scene. Like again, it was the 80s. I don't make the rules, you know. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, and there's got to be like the nerdy guy with glasses. Like that guy's fucked. <laughs> you oh, know? He's, he's absolutely fucked. <laughs> like the Hawkins from Predator. Like that guy. That guy's not gonna make it. You know. <laughs> yeah. he's, he's gonna be one of the guys that gets killed by the spiders in like the early segment of the movie. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Oh man. It'd be funny if that was like Donna's boss. Like he's the science officer. He gets killed. And, like as soon as they get there, like boom, spider swarm. He's dead. And now Donna's like, <laughs> I tried to tell you. No one ever listens to me. <laughs> he's he's out there like taking samples of one of the spores, and he just gets taken <laughs> by a spider. Oh, I love it. I love <sighs> it. Yeah. So I'm I'm trying to think up some. Let me look up some of these guys' names. There was like uh, Whitehead. Bob Whitehead was one of the famous Atari programmers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just looking at some name. Kaplan. So let's go with if we need to, if we need names for anybody, I'd have a couple here: Crane, Kaplan, Miller, and Whitehead. Just uh, some programmer names, just so we we because we always end up naming all of our characters like Billy and Tommy. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. I think we've had like multiple characters named Mary and Maria. You know? Yep. <laughs> Um, we get our, our team that like, after we get our whole like backstory, you know, we'll do it like super fast at the beginning. we got to like kind of zero in on Donna as like, she's the point of view character. Like she's learning everything like with the audience, but of course, you know, she's smart. So she's figuring stuff out as the audience is putting things together and all these like alpha males are like, yeah, whatever, honey, go get me a cup of coffee, you know? And <laughs> so they kind of, they, they infiltrate with like their two vehicles and, and like, of course the B team is trying to like spray acid everywhere. The fucking spiders come out cause they're like the defense mechanism, right? The spiders are yep. like, like the, the immune system, right? So they're going to kind of come out and, and take down some of, you know, like our, our science officer with the glasses and, uh, and uh, yeah, I can kind of like show that, hey, these guys, these guys mean they mean business, you know, and then right. Uh, we'll, we'll melt the, our, our, our Mexican ambassador <laughs> and <laughs> we'll call him not Emil. Well, he'll be Emilio. Sorry, Emilio. <laughs> um, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. And then 
it, it'll be, you know, what, maybe 20, 30 minutes of like, let's, we're going to venture into like the belly of the beast where it's like, it's quiet and they're just going along like melting stuff and like killing spiders. But then it gets kind of quiet and they're almost like creeped out. Like, do we just get past like the defenses and like now we're like getting close to something important or like, why is it so quiet? <laughs> you know? Right. <laughs> And this is when they start like the like the ground starts to move and and then yes. and they're hearing like rustling and at one point there's like this huge shadow and it's like they can't even tell what it is it just kind of like blows the sun above like a, a tree line so to speak or like a mushroom line you know mm-hmm. and it's, they're just like what the fuck you know and the, um, and this is when the second vehicle gets the the B team vehicle gets destroyed because have the oh, centipede yeah. like rear up and then just like lunge down and destroy and they're like fuck it we gotta get out of yeah. here <laughs> like yeah. and, and now we have the chase sequence where they're trying to like get away as the centipede is just like slithering between the mushrooms like shaking spores off of its body as it goes oh yeah that'd be awesome and of course the spores are like going up in the air and creating this like cloud and our team has like these helmets on but at some point someone's helmet has to get cracked and then their face just you know freaks out like uh schwarzenegger in total recall you know when it's oh. like the mars atmosphere you know dude what if it like starts bubbling and pulsating and like we see like weird fungal growths like all over their face start like you know like like basically mm-hmm. turning them into a mushroom <laughs> Oh, yeah. Yeah. And we'll do like this cool special effect where it's like they have like they start with the actor's face and then they have like, you know, like like a mold of it. That's just nothing but like mushroom growths. And then we do this Mm -hmm. like uh, we do this like double time thing. You know what I mean? Where it's like they speed up, you know, like all these shots, you know, like uh, like stop motion. Right. Of like Mm -hmm. the the humans, the human's face slowly turning into the model. But of course, it'll be so obvious, (laughs) like the like the dude that gets his face melted and, you know, Raiders of the Lost Ark. But it's like, oh, yeah, it'll be so it'll be so great just to watch this dude like suddenly turn into like a mushroom <laughs> but you can kind of notice at one point then that's where he becomes foam rubber <laughs> exactly exactly <laughs> oh i love oh, that. that would be so cool yeah i love it i love it we gotta make sure we have enough dudes so we could just like you know slowly off them all and and uh not that we I, again we didn't intend to do a horror movie but man it's just fun coming up with ways to like you know kill kill random uh fodder characters well, i mean i feel like this this falls into that like category of stuff like robocop and alien and or aliens i should say mm-hmm. um you know and again like you mentioned starship troopers where it's not quite horror but it, it's like a sci-fi action but it's got some dark shit in it and like that's a staple of just like alien invasion sci-fi. Yeah, I think Starship Troopers is a really good example. If you take away like the the satire humor, and the humor is more of like how ridiculous it is, but like they were trying to be serious, you know? Oh yeah. <laughs> but like <laughs> well, I, I it's love totally I love how, Paul Verhoeven. <laughs> oh, that's exactly who should direct this movie. Holy shit, you nailed it. Yeah, Paul Verhoeven <laughs> is going to make this movie, and he's going to take it super super seriously, but yet. Everything's going to be so ridiculous, you know, <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> and it's, but it's perfect, right? It's exactly, you mentioned like Robocop or, and there's even things like, um, like, you know, Predator, right? It's a perfect example mm-hmm. where there was a lot of these sort of like, they were, it wasn't a sci-fi movie. It's like a military a- action movie that has to have a, an antagonist that can stand up to these like roided out monsters like Schwarzenegger. Like you can't yep. put Schwarzenegger in a movie fighting like regular dudes. Like he, whoever he fights has to be like larger than life. Right. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. 
and, unless it's a comedy and then you get Sinbad. Um, <laughs> <laughs> or Danny DeVito. <laughs> right. Oh, God, I just watched Jingle all the way because Christmas. But, you know. <laughs> oh, I just watched Kindergarten Cop recently. <laughs> <laughs> I still got to watch that again. Oh, man, I forget the, act, the actor's name who plays the bad guy in that movie, but he has, like, the worst ponytail. It's so bad. <laughs> oh, man, I'm going to have to look this up. I know we're on a tangent here, but I, I now I got to see, like, Kindergarten Cop, I totally forgot who the hell played the bad guy in the movie. We'll yeah, edit out some, some of this when we look it up on IMDb. <laughs> yes, sorry, sorry, listeners. Uh, <laughs> I got to hey, know. Richard Tyson plays Mr. Crisp. Mr. Crisp. Tyson. Okay. Richard Tyson, who was also in there's oh, something dude. about Mary, Black Hawk Down. Yes. Oh my God. Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember this guy. Oh my God. Yeah, he was totally all over the 80s. Yeah, um, dude. He's like one of those character actors where he's like in everything, but he's never played any big roles. Like Chris might be the biggest role that he's ever done. Um, yeah. Right. I'm, I'm looking then, at his at his his IMDb and I'm like, holy shit. Yeah, he's in a lot of stuff. Yeah, like I had to scroll down a couple times just to get to the 80s. I was like, Jesus Christ, he's been in everything. Um, but yeah, but he just looks so terrible in Kindergarten Cop. Like he's such a smarmy 80s ponytailed businessman kind of a guy. <laughs> and it's like, oh, gross. You know, <laughs> he, he was in Battlefield Earth. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, I tried to. I tried to block that one out. <laughs> oh, dude, he was in, he was in Dead at 21. <laughs> With Jack Noseworthy. You do know that I'm I'm going to suggest that sometime that, that at some point we remake Battlefield Earth, right? Oh, do, we, do, we have, do we have to? <laughs> I mean, if anything deserves a, re, a redo. Because, <laughs> oh, good man. God, was that movie awful. Oh, it was so bad. It was so bad. Oh, so I, when, I used to work, when I used to work at the Record Archive uh, in Rochester, New York, um, I used to work at the original location. And part of my job is I was in charge of the used VHS cassettes. Like, mm-hmm. I was had to, like I would sell them, and I'd also organize them, and I'd restock the shelves. Because we had so many, you know, that if somebody bought, you know, kindergarten cop off the shelf i'd have to go find another one in some bit plastic bin somewhere so i was always trying to pay attention to like wait what's what's that gap in the letter k like what what movie was that (laughs) (laughs) but i remember battlefield earth because there was a couple of movies where we you know we would buy used stuff from folks and then resell it but like there was a couple of movies where we were just never allowed to buy it like forget like it was like blacklisted (laughs) battlefield earth was like the first one because Mm-hmm. I was like, well, what do you mean? Like, it's not that big of a deal. Like, I know that it's not very popular, but, you know, we only have like five or six of them. And we had like nine, 10, 12 copies of like Titanic, you know. And so I was like, yeah, it's not that big of a deal. And they're like, no, no, you don't understand. <laughs> my, my boss went under uh, this rack of like vinyls and pulled this big plastic bin out. I mean, it was I don't know. It must have been like a 20 gallon tank or, or plastic bin. And he opened it up and it was nothing but Battlefield Earth VHS <laughs> cassettes. There must have been like four of them. And I was like, holy crap. <laughs> you know, it's like funny. A fort out of those. <laughs> we, when I worked at Media Play, we had uh, when, when I worked in music, particularly, it was a couple of us that that kind of bought back the used CDs. But we had a handful of albums that it was like, you cannot buy back. So very similar to what you're saying. Like, they're yeah. just blacklisted. And the one that always sits in my mind that was on the top of that list was fucking Ace of Base, The Sign. <laughs> because, like, 
everybody yeah. bought that album in the early 90s and then nobody wanted it by the mid 90s yep <laughs> everybody bought it for that one single and they're, they're like yeah never mind <laughs> I'm, I'm done with it now yeah, everyone bought Battlefield Earth for Travolta, and then they watched it, and they were like, "Yeah, never mind." <laughs> <laughs> that was that was a thing in the '90s, man. Like people would get obsessed with something for like a short period of time, and then suddenly it was like, "Yeah, no." <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, we're moving on. <laughs> anyway, speaking oh, of which, so let's move on back, back to the back, movie. Yeah, back back to our regularly scheduled program. Uh, but I mean, honestly, like, okay, I think we've kind of already like talked through the basic premise. We already talked about how you know we're gonna have them face off against this giant centipede like the first time, right? And then of course mm-hmm. they're gonna have to go after it some more. They'll have some more encounters with like the mushrooms and the spiders or the. I guess they're supposed to be like one giant like flea or ant that like plants mushrooms, I guess, in the game. So we can maybe introduce some other kind of like like there's this one other big giant weird insectoid creature that just like fucks the group up. Um and then, yeah, and then we have them, like, have another encounter with the centipede. <laughs> they win this time, and we can kind of decide, like, is this where Dabney dies, or do we save that for later, right? But they basically, they win, they defeat the centipede, and, of course, they're all cheering, like, yeah, we did it, you know? And then here comes the other centipede to, like, deep blue sea one of the dudes. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, that's, I, I think it should be Dabney that gets gets grabbed by the other centipede, and they're like, holy shit, there's another one, and have him be like, you know, he's already getting chewed on. He's yeah. got the acid pack and he just like looks back at him and is like run and then like pulls the pin on a grenade and like everyone's running out in the background. Again, it would have to be like a stop motion dissolve yeah. or something. But you would see <laughs> yeah. like the explosion and just a shower of acid and maybe it like the acid hits some of the, the nearby mushrooms and they start tipping over and like mm. the centipede gets melted and like everyone's just running as this cloud of spores is like coming toward them but of course you know they're in their their safety suits um yeah. but what, one thing i do want to mention is is we should have early on when the people are getting taken by the spiders or we have and we and we have like maybe that's when we have the guy get his his mask cracked and we see like the spore thing happen mm-hmm. what if later on like after they you know are like in the the, the belly of the beast as it were like get, you know trying to like set up the the nuke or whatever they're going to whatever device, the acid device, the acid bomb that they're going to set up in the middle mm-hmm. of the, the mushroom forest. What if like they start hearing stuff shuffling toward them and they not only see their own comrades, but the people who lived in the area that got overtaken oh. by them, like very much like, um, uh, 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 God, why can't I think of it? The last of us, like the spore zombies, like just have like, these because you, when you said uh, a meal from RoboCop that immediately mm. I was picturing like these like melty, gross, like mm. humanoid looking things just like coming at them, like hissing. <laughs> like Yeah. And it has to be like like that one fungus that like takes over like ants. Right. And turns cord- them into zombies. Cordyceps. Right. Yeah. Cordyceps yeah, that's, yeah. Yeah. There you go. Right. So like. When when we see them shambling, they all have to have this big weird like mushroom cap thing on yes. their head, you know, <laughs> or it's or it's like this, it's like a jellyfish, like a big giant like mushroom cap with like yes. tentacles, looking <laughs> things that are kind of going down like into their brain and their spine, and almost like lifting their arms like a like a marionette, you know? <laughs> oh, that would be creepy as fuck. Oh fuck, dude, like a giant like land jellyfish, like marionetting like uh, townsfolk. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's God, awesome. That. I know. I was you like, that's that. a fucking great idea. <laughs> <laughs> that, 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 I might have to draw that. Yeah. But, 
but yeah, so like, so, so now they're like, they're, they're gunning down these zombies as they're coming toward them. They're like, of course, you know, because it's an eighties movie, it's not just a simple plug and play device. They have to like set it up and it takes time. So they're like setting up the weird acid bomb and like putting the timer on, giving them enough time to get out. Then they hear the centipede coming and it's like, fuck, we got to get out of here. Have them all pile into the, the, the laser tank and start like <laughs> running over like, you know, jellyfish mushroom zombies. Well, because <laughs> there has to be a car chase. <laughs> of course. So they're yeah. blasting at the centipede and it, it's like chasing after him. And then you see like the countdown. It's all interspliced or inter- interspliced with the countdown. It hits zero. You see like this big, like gloopy green explosion of acid and have like the centipede start hissing as it's like eat, being eaten alive from the back. You know, <laughs> just oh, have like yeah. the mushrooms collapsing in on itself. You know, the centipede's freaking out. It, it melts down. They get out of the spore cloud. We see the mushroom forest kind of collapsing in. Maybe it's like the acid is so powerful, like it creates like a sinkhole and it just starts oh, like okay. pulling down. And they're like radioing the, you know, the, the, you know, hey, we, you know, we, we found a way. We know how to take them down. Like that whole thing, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So we see like this montage, like maybe a, a um, like almost like a newscast of like, from all around the world of different teams taking down the mushroom clouds or taking down the mushroom forest. And then it's like, we think we saved the day. Right. And like the, the sky's clear and they're like, what's that in the atmosphere? And we see an alien ship formation and then it's like <laughs> coming next summer, space invaders. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Okay. I love it. I love it. Okay. <laughs> I don't know why I stuck that. I was like, Space Invaders has nothing to do with Centipede, but no. why the fuck not? Oh, see, and I was thinking, like, we, we got to end it with, like, a game over ski- screen, right? So, <laughs> right. Maybe, Space Invaders would be, like, the like the, the stinger at the end of the credits, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so let me back up a little bit, right? So we talked about, like, how originally they were going to go in there and, like, set a nuke off, like, from inside. But they knew that the acid was actually effective, right? So what if what we find out is like the acid is more effective or it's a better deterrent than the nuke. So here's what I'm, here's what I'm thinking, right? Is during that like second encounter with the centipede, when it takes Dabney and Dabney like causes this like giant, uh, like acid explosion. Cause he just like, you know, takes out a grenade or whatever and like blows up his own acid pack. We see the other characters like looking back as they're escaping and they're realizing like that centipede just got his whole freaking head blown off. But then holy crap, it like reformed into two. So not only did Dabney sacrifice not really do anything like, but also like, shit we did that like that's why there was still one left over after we killed it the first time you know so they're kind of figuring this out and now of course course, we're upping the stakes but maybe like it's during this escape or maybe like when it takes dabney like like uh they lose the nuke like the nuke is gone so like they went in there to set Ah. the nuke off like from the belly of the beast but then like the nuke is gone they run away from it or the centipede eats it or whatever and so now as you explained like later on they get to like they find the centipedes like nest or lair or whatever and they're like you know this is like the last stand right here and so what they're taking time to set up is that they're like um they're like macgyvering together like you've got you know grenades and you've got c4 in your bag and they're gonna make like gotcha. uh, 
they're going to make an acid bomb out of everything that they have left. Just put everything we have together and set the timer on it, and we're going to get the hell out of here. We do like the whole car chase thing. The bomb goes off. Again, it was like way overkill. Like they really <laughs> like didn't calculate that correctly. But it causes this giant like sinkhole or whatever. The centipede or centipedes are completely like consumed, and like the whole forest is falling in. And that's when they're like. See, like it was the acid all along. Like we just needed to, like you know, combine it with like a firestorm or whatever, you know. Right. Uh, so they said so. Like the nuke was like, forget it. They're, they eat radiation, but we just had to, you know, cr- create this like uh, acid like tsunami or whatever. Um, yeah. Nice. So exactly, they can sort of do the same thing where you know they they're sort of radioing her back to base, like whatever, like you know, like telling people what to do, you know, whatever. And so and now it's like, woohoo! There's like hope. Um, and so what I was picturing was as they're telling everybody, like, hey, we got this, radio back the solution, make an acid, like, storm or whatever, combine it with, you know, C4, whatever works. And then right as they're, like, home free, I see daylight through the trees, like, at the edge of, like, the mushroom forest. And then you just see, like, this centipede mouth just come up, like, and, like, as the viewer, the POV is, like, we're racing into the centipede's mouth. Black screen, game over. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> oh man i would love that it would be so screwed up like everybody that would be dies. Fucking awesome <laughs> right <laughs> but then to your point we, we can like we can cut to like you know it, it'll be like game over insert coins to continue right and then yeah. like you hear hear like a, the sound effect of like coins falling in and then like you know the, whatever the start noise is like do and then yep. then like you see you know again there's like people on the screen and it's these guys who are like calling around you know tell everybody here's the, and you see as you see it on the news you know like late breaking you know progress in the fight the the fight against the alien spores whatever and it's like yeah we're winning like their sacrifice meant something like our, our rogue one group like got the secret <laughs> plans out you know yeah <laughs> and then we do your ending with the space invaders like oh fucked fucked again <laughs> i just i just love the idea of like looking up in the sky almost like independence day where we just see like the the ships in like in the atmosphere like in mm-hmm. formation slowly descending <laughs> it's like no yes yeah i love it no i love it i think it's absolutely perfect we can get like two endings you know <laughs> they're see, fucked in and, every one of <laughs> and then we fight space invaders with missile command <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I mean, obviously. <laughs> which, of course, is going to lead us into the into space because we have to find out what the aliens are yeah. doing, which leads to Galaga and asteroids. I was going to say, like, <laughs> it has to be a terrible adaptation. So, of course, it's like the main character who's like, I'm the captain of, like, the USS Galaga. And it's like, wait, no. <laughs> the USS Galaga. I love it. <laughs> It's like, wait, no, that's that's not right. <laughs> well, they have to get all the details wrong, you know. <laughs> oh, of course, it's the '80s. <laughs> Captain oh, Gallagher, shit. missile command. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> she's so stupid. Captain Gallagher, missile command. <laughs> oh shit, I love it. Oh man, all right. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> That yeah no that that was that was fun that uh you know I th- again this is a movie I would watch this is legit a movie I would sit down and watch oh hell yeah dude if this was like a last Starfighter meets like Starship Troopers directed by Paul Verhoeven dude yep. I would I'd have this shit on VHS I'd have two copies so I can watch one and like shrine the other one <laughs> <You know? laughs> exactly oh man. oh man 
this was fun. Yeah. <laughs> and, and like I, you know, like I said at the beginning, we were kind of like, you know, just kind of spinning our wheels. Like, okay, are, are you going to get to the story? Am I going to get to the story? Like, because <laughs> I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do here. I'm just going to talk about like gardens for a long time. <laughs> well, I'll be honest. Like, sometimes I think I like it more when we don't really have anything to work on. Like, like our our, our snakes and ladders uh, episode. Um, mm-hmm. You know, stuff like that where it's like there's this really, really, really basic idea for a game. How do we adapt that into a film or a story? It's kind of like, like Hollywood has tried and failed multiple times, like with Battleship, for example. Um, They did it. They got it right with Clue. That, that fucking worked. (laughs) That was the only time. (laughs) Yeah. But it's like, you know, Hollywood has definitely gotten it wrong several times. And it's like, how do you do this correctly? And I feel like, this was another perfect example of, of one of those types of episodes because I'm sitting at, I was sitting at work last night going, fuck, what are we going to talk about? What are, what are we going to talk about? And I'm like, and I, I actually found like uh, online a flash uh, centipede game. and was playing it. And I was like, okay, I haven't played this since I was a kid. Um, at least this version. Cause I, I did play the, the Dave and Buster's updated for the two thousands giant screen, like polygonal centipede with Caleb. Oh, yeah, I've seen those. Um, that's actually a lot of fun. And it, it was funny, like, how much muscle memory came back. Because, uh, you know, we we both pumped some quarters in, and he kept dying. And I was just fucking rocking out on, like, my 50 cents. And <laughs> he was like, how are you doing that? And I'm just like, I don't know. I used to play the hell out of this as a kid. <laughs> right? And it was just like, I, I made it, like, several levels before dying. Um, But, yeah, it's like, so I was sitting at work trying to figure out, like, what the fuck are we going to talk about? And and honestly, what cinched it for me, like, because I, I was reading about, like, the game and there's no story there. Uh, once again, <laughs> it's like I started looking at the artwork. The artwork is what got me when I was looking at, like, the giant, weird monster centipede, like, in the mushroom forest. And I'm like, OK, well, there's something there. <laughs> like, we can play with this. And then, of course, uh, when I actually played the game, you know, having the spiders on the screen. And I'm mm-hmm. like, there's, there's got to be spiders. We got it. We got to do spiders because spiders are creepy. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's literally this entire story was built. Uh, at least my my pitch for the story was built from looking at Atari artwork. <laughs> yeah. And see, I had a similar thing where I just kept putting it off thinking like, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, behind the scenes, we picked Centipede as the first episode, not only because it was like as different as we could get from like a horror uh, adaptation or like a holiday movie, but also because, you know, coming off the holidays and being super busy and on vacation, it was like, I didn't want to have a whole lot of homework. I wanted something that would be relatively easy. That would be really more of a storytelling exercise rather than, you know, trying to, piece something into like some long running franchise. Right. So um, I didn't really do anything for prep work until like yesterday. I was thinking about the game and, you know, kind of noodling the idea. And then yesterday I I remembered that I had that comic. I was looking for something else in my comic boxes and I was like, Oh crap, I have the centipede episode. That's like, like, what perfect timing. Like, this is awesome. Mm -hmm. You know, like very, uh, you know, uh, serendipitous. And so I sat down and read it last night and I was like, that's fucking weird. Okay. Whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Granted, it wasn't bad. It was a good story. Like, don't, don't, don't let me put you off of it. Like, it's. I thought it was fun. It was just not at all what I thought. I'm like, why are they on Earth? And there's like spiders. And like, I don't understand. Like, isn't this in space? You know. <laughs> so I just went to bed, and then today I was like, 
mostly watching YouTube videos and it was like the history of, you know, the, the game programmers and Atari. And, and that's how I learned about like Donna Bailey. And so for me, it was like, I was coming into this with like, I have a bunch of trivia, but that's all, I, all I really got, you know? And, uh, mm. and I wasn't really sure like where to go with some kind of a story. I just figured like, fuck it, we'll just get together and have some fun, do what we do. <laughs> you know, Oh, absolutely. <laughs> it was very much like the, uh, you mentioned snakes and ladders also like the trouble episode with the pop matic mm-hmm. bubble. And it was like, <laughs> You know, I I just watched like YouTube uh, commercials from the 80s for like when the, the game was new on, you know, commercials on TV. And I'm yep. like, well, I, OK, I guess this is what we're doing. And it wasn't until we got together and we're like, wait, there's different colors and different levels. And it can be like a survival horror and like the bubble could be this like AI and tell, you know, a central intelligence. And it's like, holy crap, like there's a lot of cool stuff here. <laughs> <laughs> we, we we got a story <laughs> like, yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. And, and there's there's going to be more of those types of uh of episodes in the future for sure mm-hmm. because we we've put several items on our list that don't have a story to it um so it's it's gonna be like i always enjoy those types of episodes not that i dislike stuff like ash saves christmas because good god i had a blast doing that one <laughs> um hell yeah you know but at the same time it's like it's, it's it is very interesting to not have a lot of homework and just be like, how are we going to do this? How, like, what story are we going to tell? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I definitely enjoy these types of episodes. Hopefully, hopefully the listeners do as well. Sometimes it's fun to take a bunch of existing things and try to find a new way to put them back together and do like mm-hmm. a remake or a new sequel. But sometimes it's fun to just be like, look, just give me a couple of like guidelines or rules and we'll just make up our own story out of our heads. And all we had to do is like work in like some mushrooms and like a big monster. Okay, cool. Like go for, and then <laughs> right. go, you know, and it's like, we could have done anything with that. You know? Yep. <laughs> and and that's, that's the that's, most fun thing to do. Absolutely. That That's the ones I, I, I tend to enjoy the most. Um, I mean, granted, I do really like stuff when like, okay, trying to reimagine police Academy or trying to like, you know, bring back Nightmare on Elm Street, like those kind of that, like there's some fun to be had with those types of projects as well. But uh, these types, I think, are my favorite. And, and it's probably because of what the show has become, where, you know, the show started out as like, let's fix existing properties and it's become let's just improv a story. And that's basically what we used to do hanging out on our various porches, smoking way too many cigarettes and drinking far too much coffee, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. Just making up stories. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And th- and for me, that's the fun of it. And I mentioned it on the, um, Ashley's Christmas, like the year in review where I was like, you know, I never expected to have a podcast where we just do like improv comedy, but like, that's kind of where we ended up, you know, going like, or improv storytelling, you know, yeah. I, that wasn't initially where I thought the podcast was going to go or why I wanted to do one in the first place. But that it's a really comfortable place to be to the point where recording is always like fun. We always have a good time, even when there is like homework, you know? <laughs> oh, absolutely. And, and and that's the thing. Like it's sometimes it's kind of hard not to write the full story ahead of time. Like I have a whole bullet point list on my notes here of like just things to mention. And I was trying so hard not to like <laughs> tell a complete story when I was like just pitching ideas. I was like, ah, fuck, I can see it all happening in my head. (laughs) Yeah. So there's actually one thing I wrote down that I think is a pretty important element of Centipede, which is that it's one of the few popular games that like successfully uses a trackball for the control on the arcade console. And I was like, I wanted to try to find some way to work in like a trackball as like a, 
spaceship control or a special weapon or something. And since we had those like weird like sci-fi vehicles, what if one of them was like a giant like ball with like a vehicle around it, you know, like where it had like one giant wheel that was like it could move over all kinds of crazy <laughs> terrain, you know, that's awesome. <laughs> it would be like a fucking pogo ball if the pogo ball rolled. Yeah, exactly. I was trying to think of an example of like a toy, but exactly that's what it was. It would be it would be the perfect thing where they would explain where it was like this is like our all terrain vehicle. It can like go over in any direction over over any anything that could get in the way. You know? Yes. <laughs> it would have like little cannons all the way around the disc part. Yeah, that'd be awesome. <laughs> Fucking marble madness and shit. <laughs> oh, that's the game. I was I'm sitting here going, what the hell was the name of that game with the marble? And I couldn't think of <laughs> marble madness. Or oh, there was man. also was it Crystal Castle? With a little bear. Yeah. And you had to like oh. use the trackball to move him around. I forgot about that one. Shit. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'm glad I'm glad we found a way to work that into <laughs> <laughs> old school arcade. <laughs> but yeah, like it, it it is definitely good that we um kept this one simple because uh again, behind the scenes with the Rad Pantheon, um, this week is freaking nuts for a recording schedule. Uh, because not only are we doing this one today, but tomorrow I'm recording Creepyhead, Count Creepyhead, and then we're recording episode 166 of the Boogeyman's Closet, and then a Boogeyman's Closet special the next day. <laughs> so it's like I have yeah. four recording days in a row, and two of them are heavy research. So oh, I was God. like, thank, thank God we had a had one that didn't <laughs> require a lot of research. Oh yeah, well especially since what is probably going to be the next episode that was originally supposed to be this episode is, is yeah. like three or maybe four movies worth of research. So it's like, <laughs> yes. uh, yeah, and I've only watched like one and a half of them so far. So I, need, I, I, I haven't watched any of them yet. <laughs> and I only did that because I was on an airplane. Like I, I went to the UK for uh, Christmas and I tried to watch as many uh, movies as I could. Um, but it was mostly just like whatever I could get for like a free download. So whatever was on like Netflix is like what I watched. Um, yep. But even then, like even with a long plane ride, uh, I wasn't really trying to do homework. I was like, yeah, I definitely want to watch this movie, but like, this is a long, long plane ride and I'd want it something that I can like watch brand new. So I'm almost, mostly, I watched new movies like, or new to me. Like I finally watched knives out, which was fucking amazing. Oh, uh, that that's been on my list forever. So as soon as I saw it, it was available on Netflix for download. I was like, hell yeah. Um, and I watched, uh, uh, I love my dad with uh, Patton Oswalt. Holy shit, that was oh, so good. <laughs> I haven't, I, I haven't watched that yet. I've heard good things. It's really good. I'm a big Patton Oswalt fan ever since I read his books. He wrote a couple of like uh, memoir style books about his career and about his obsession with like um, with movies in general. Uh, and he's such a great writer. And I was never really a big fan of his stand up, but I, you know, I liked him in in movies and stuff I had seen. And I'm a huge mm-hmm. fan. I'm a huge fan of the movie young adult, which is why I ended up reading his books. Cause I was like, man, he was so good in young adult with uh, Shirley's Theron. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, and then uh, his books are uh, just, I can't recommend them enough. They're so good. Every, everything that he's published. So yeah, ever since then I've been just been trying to watch pretty much everything that he's in, but Holy crap. Yeah. yeah I love my dad. It's such a great, great. If you never haven't heard of it, you know, listeners, it's <laughs> the, the premise is a true story of an, of, of a, uh, a guy who was estranged from his, uh, his, uh, adult son. So, you know, and the only way he can think of to try to have some kind of relationship with his son is to catfish him on social media. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And, oh God. Yeah. Just imagine how badly that ends, but <laughs> yep. 
<laughs> no, I've I've heard a lot of good things about that one. And yeah. no, I definitely agree. I, I've liked Patton Oswald for a long time uh, as far as as his acting goes. Um, I haven't really I don't think I've read any of his books, um, but uh, I do know like some of his stand up does leave a little to be desired. There's a few times I've watched him do like uh, you know, like stand up style jokes or like mm-hmm. stuff at, at Comic Con where he's like trying to make a joke and it like it just falls flat it's like oh dude um but yeah as far as like his acting and shit goes i've always liked him yeah yeah like i said i mainly like him as a writer um but yeah he is he is a really good actor and yeah hits it was for me it was like it was like his range from young adult that kind of turned me on to it because he wasn't just like you know the goofy friend character (laughs) like he plays in everything Um, (laughs) exactly but yeah, I, Mike, you would especially, as a movie freak, you would absolutely love uh, his book. It's called Silver Screen Fiend, um, and it's basically about like be- becoming like literally like addicted to watching movies uh, and how oh, like nice. that that affected his life when he was um, like young in Hollywood. And oh yeah, it's so good. And then, and then he's written some comics too. He has this really great JLA story uh, from the early two thousands uh, called Welcome to the Working Week. And then he has this really great Wildstorm uh, story that he did in an anthology, again, in the early 2000s, called Masks Too Hot for TV, that I thought was just fucking genius, where it's like a, like a reality like cop show uh, with like really terrible superheroes, kind of a precursor to something like The Boys. Uh, mm. Really fucking, really, really fucking good. But he, uh, he actually has a comic on the ranch stands right now from Dark Horse called uh, Minor Threats uh, that's actually really, really cool as well. I feel like I've read like comic writing he's done. Like, I think he did something with Eric Powell. Didn't he do like a goon thing or like some kind of spinoff with the goon? Yeah, he wrote a story for uh, the goon noir. Okay, um, okay. Because I remember, I'm like, I remember seeing Patton Oswald's name on a comic book and I don't remember what it was. And I was trying yeah. to think like what I was buying at the time. I don't remember exactly what the story was, but yeah, I'm just looking. I'm looking at a list of comics by him right now because I had to look up that Wildstorm one. But yeah, he wrote, and he also wrote uh, some Bart Simpson Treehouse of Terror or Treehouse of Horror as well, and a few oh, other yeah, things. Okay. Yeah. yeah. No, I used to read those all the time every year. Okay. No, that may, I don't know how we got on a Patton Oswalt game. <laughs> <laughs> I know this isn't the Patton Oswalt hour here, but anyway, uh, yeah. So I read some, you know, some good comics, watched some some new movies, but now we got to go back and do some homework for the next episode. And yeah. you're going to be pretty busy recording the next couple of things you've got coming up. You mentioned them a, a little bit, but of course, everybody should check out the Boogeyman's Closet. Mike, tell us about what you have coming up. Uh, well, we're right now uh, for 2023. We started off with Little Monsters. So the next episode at the time of this recording, uh, our next episode will be Basket Case. Uh, we're kicking it off with with one we've threatened to have on the show for a while. And ooh, it's a doozy. <laughs> um, but yeah, we have uh, coming up is Puppet Master 2, Critters, something we covered on this show. Nice. So I have to watch that abomination again. Um, <laughs> and I have to pay really close attention. Damn it. Um, and then Ghoulies, which I'm really looking forward to because... It's an it's a great idea for a movie that is executed horribly and it has horrible acting in it. So there's going to be a lot to make fun of. Um, But we do. There is a Friday the 13th this month. That's all I'm going to say about that. Uh, So look forward for a little special. But uh, yeah, February is going to be interesting as well, because both you and I have a birthday that month. So there'll be some uh, some extra fun Boogeyman's Closet stuff happening. Yay, some more specials. Um, (laughs) Yeah, another. (laughs) The Count Creepyhead Saturday Morning Monster Mash podcast. You guys have talked about Ghoulies, too. I was listening. I'm like, yeah, I totally agree. Like, Ghoulies is 
it, like I, we remember it as being a fun movie, but mm-hmm. it's not actually a good movie. <laughs> nope. Because that, that is one I have watched in like the last couple of years. Um, I forget if it was 2020 or 22. I think it was 2020, like the the, the year that would not end. Um, you know, it was like I was watching a lot of old horror movies just out of boredom and just shit that I hadn't seen since childhood. And I watched Ghoulies 1, 2 and 3. And yeah, Ghoulies 1, man, is 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 crap. <laughs> Ghoulies 2 and 3 are crap, but they're fun crap. <laughs> Right. <laughs> oh, I don't think I've seen any of them in years. It's kind of like the Puppet Master movies. Like, I just I don't want to ruin too much here because I'm going to be talking about Puppet Master very soon. But I just watched Puppet Master 2 for the Boogeyman's Closet. And again, I have very fond memories of the Puppet Master movies. Like, I really enjoyed them as a child. I've watched we, we covered Puppet Master 1 and it's not a good movie. It's a really bad movie with a cool idea and really cool props. Like the puppets are <laughs> awesome looking but everything around it, like the story with the psychics and the fucking Andre's suicide and all that, it's just weird. It, it doesn't like the story doesn't gel. And then part two, like it's got cooler puppet stuff in it. But again, the story is absolutely absurd and makes no fucking sense. And it, the ending goes nowhere because they don't pick it up. You know, so it's like. I remember that franchise fondly, but good God, when you try to watch it with a critical eye, it's like, no wonder these movies got panned so hard. Like, <laughs> right? They're not good films. They're just fun. So why aren't you doing the Garbage Pail Kids movie for your little monsters, Ooh. Mike? <laughs> I'll, I'll be honest. I did think about putting that on the list because that movie scared the fuck out of me when I was a kid. The movie's awful. I've, I've again, recently watched it. Yeah. Um, it's awful as a film, but those damn garbage pal kids, like the dead eyes, like they scare the <laughs> shit out of me. They're yeah, so dude. creepy. It's, yeah, it's super creepy. Oh man. But, uh, okay. So everyone check out upcoming episodes, the boogeyman's closet, count creepy head, Saturday morning monster mash. And I have also gotten back into featuring some cool independent crowdfunding comics on comics boost to spell comics with an X comics boost on the Instagram. So check everything out at radpantheon.com is a list of all those projects. Plus all the other projects uh, in the red Pantheon, a uh, super team of pop culture, crazed podcasters, musicians, artists, you name it, bunch of cool people doing cool stuff. All right. And with that, I will say I'm Josh. I'm Mike. And we have to return some videotapes. Raised by Rentals is a member of the Rad Pantheon Network. Visit radpantheon.com to support rad stuff. The theme music is Forbidden Fruit by Velvet Bethany. You can purchase music and learn more at velvetbethany.com. The centipedes are coming. Get your fingers moving fast and the spiders out to get you. Do you think that you can last? You can shoot him in the middle. He will only break in two. And the fleas are even faster if you look away and through. See the scorpion a dancing? He can really help you score. But the centipede's immortal keeps coming back for more. Centipede is from Atari and it's faster than a jet. If you're looking for some action, it's the game you gotta get. Centipede!